You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DNB Supply Radio Show. Hey, this is your host, Matt Breckwald, and thank you so very much for joining us again this week. Well, man, it is getting exciting. The weather has cooled down, and uh, I love this time of year hunting season, harvest getting ready for winter, all of that, getting firewood all stacked up and kind of changing the way we do chores around the farm on our place just because we shift from irrigation and rotating pastures into feeding and and doing everything that comes along with winter, feeding and bedding and all of that. And you know what comes with winter is the need for really, really good gear. And today I get the chance to profile really a great American brand and talk to you a lot about the history of this great brand going back to the 19th century, which you may have not known, but we're going to be talking with Nicole Orr, who's the senior marketing manager at Lacrosse Boots. And I'll tell you what, with what they've done over the past 100 plus years in terms of rubber boots, when it comes to uh, veterans in World War II, all the way up through hunting season today, and farmers and ranchers today, they have just made just great products to help everybody get the job done no matter what that job happens to be and I love when we can mix a very good product with a bit of history and something that really goes back to a different era in our country and that's exactly what we get to do with lacrosse and that's why I was so excited to profile them today so I'll be speaking with Nicole we'll have that coming up for you here in just a moment Nicole welcome to the show thank you so much for coming on today Thank you for having me, Matt. You bet. I'm excited to speak with you. You know, I don't know what it is about boots, but there's something about boots and a good pair of work boots or even hunting boots that they kind of, I don't know, you always like to get a new pair and try them out and uh, go out and get them into the field. And today we get to talk all about that. Isn't that true? I love talking about boots. And <laughs> when you think about what a big role they play and if your feet are comfortable, then uh, you can pretty much accomplish anything. Well, and I will tell you what, that is perfect timing on this episode with the fact that hunting season, at least here in, in Idaho and Oregon, is just kicking off or in play in a lot of places, but then winter is coming right up as well. So for so many of us that, that work outdoors, uh, we may be looking for a new pair coming up for this winter. For sure. As the weather turns and the days are getting shorter and the rain and, and snow are going to be here before we know it definitely time to be thinking about how to keep your feet warm and dry for the season. That's exactly right. Well, let's do this. I want to just uh, say thanks for coming on and have you introduce yourself to our audience, if you don't mind. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're at, and and what you do. Sure. So, my name's Nicole Orr. I'm the Senior Marketing Manager for the Lacrosse brand here at Lacrosse Footwear, Inc. We are headquartered in Portland, Oregon, and I have been with the company for about 13 years. Uh, working with lacrosse brands specifically um, for a lot of that. It's uh, near and dear to my heart, and um, it's a lot of fun working on such a great brand with an awesome heritage and uh, a lot of things to to connect with consumers about. Now, how does a person find themselves in the role of being senior marketing manager for a uh, a brand of, of work and hunting boots? Uh, that's a great question. I would say a company of our size, there are lots of opportunities uh, to try new things and for uh, growth. I actually started here at the company with the accounting department, uh, believe it or not, and took on some big projects and was given the opportunity to join the marketing team as the wholesale marketing manager. So I worked with accounts like DMV Supply um, to help market our boots 
through their channels and just worked my way up doing a lot of different uh, projects and was given the opportunity to take on the lacrosse brand. And certainly in my own family and uh, history, we're hunters, uh, live in the country, definitely live the lifestyle. And so it's really an honor to be able to work with a brand that builds such great boots for people who are working really hard every living, every day, you know, spending time outdoors and a consumer that's really near and dear to my heart. You mentioned the historical aspect of the brand or, or the historic, you know, just how, how long that goes back as I've gone through the website and watched the videos. Everyone's talking about over 100 years, over 100 years. When did lacrosse first begin manufacturing boots? Uh, so that's a great question. Lacrosse was actually founded in Lacrosse, Wisconsin, which is where our name came from, mm-hmm. uh, as the Lacrosse Rubber Mills Company in 1897. Wow. We first started producing uh, rubber-coated goods, so mostly raincoats and horseshoes. Did that for about 10 years, and by 1908, really, they recognized the potential for rubberized footwear and started building gymnasium and yachting shoes, of all things. <laughs> and so really just built on that. You know, the original motto was all about quality goods, workmanship, honest values. And over time, built the business from there. Uh, During World War II, we actually made Arctic overshoes and jungle footwear for soldiers there. And when a lot of those veterans came home from the war, hired a lot of those folks. And Mm -hmm. they really helped us to continue to build really rugged footwear, knowing, you know, all the things that you can put a pair of boots through. Yeah. And yeah, and, and grew from there. Yeah, nobody would know better than than those folks coming home, both from from Europe and from the Pacific, I'm sure. For sure. Yeah. So great, great knowledge and and expertise to bring to the table for new ideas. And really, by 1951, uh, lacrosse introduced their first rubber hip boot and an overshoe and really started focusing on work-specific products. So continued to make those tennis shoes and basketball and canvas shoes, but also started to develop a full line of work shoes. Now, did I hear you right? The first rubber shoe ever made by lacrosse was actually for a horse? Correct. Rubber horseshoes. <laughs> rubber horseshoes. Uh, the first shoes, yep. So when I say our heritage is deeply entrenched in, uh, in agriculture, it's no joke. We've been making horseshoes for, uh, or we made horseshoes for horses starting in 1897. So I've got to ask, I mean, what was the purpose of rubber horseshoes? You know, I'm not sure I can answer that one for you. It would be mostly speculation based on that. And it could have been anything from having a, a less expensive alternative or something that I would imagine that maybe rubber could have been more comfortable than uh-huh. uh, the metal horseshoes for horses and added a little extra layer of cushioning in there. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but I'm not 100% sure on that one. Well, I can kind of envision the brainstorming sessions, but uh, since I don't see too many rubber right. horseshoes today, okay, maybe that one, <laughs> it, it didn't have the staying power. Okay, well, it is so cool to be able to be associated with a brand that goes back all the way into the the 19th century and 
and has stood the test of time. I think it's it's a really fascinating thing to talk about. We're going to take our first break, but when we come back, i got a couple more questions for you about the history of this great company, all right? Sounds great. No matter where work takes you, D&B Supply makes it easy to get the job done with DeWalt FlexVolt Tools. With advanced battery technology, DeWalt FlexVolt Tools gives you the power of freedom to work without cords. For construction, remote job sites, and outdoor projects, the heavy-duty FlexVolt line offers everything from hammer drills to table saws to air compressors and more. So get out there and get to work with DeWalt FlexVolt Power Tools, available at your favorite D&B Supply. When you're stuck out in the cold or want to cozy up in your off-the-grid cabin, a Honda generator gets you going. Stop by D&B Supply to pick up one of these power players. Quiet, lightweight, and fuel-efficient, Honda generators make winter camping, ice fishing, and even power outages more bearable. Take on the elements in a way you can take anywhere. Get all fired up for anything that winter brings and grab a Honda generator at your neighborhood D&B. All right, Nicole. Well, if I heard it correctly, 1951 is about when the the hip boots or the hip waders uh, were developed and, and we started looking at that. When did lacrosse get into hunting, boots for hunting? That's another great question. It's actually really interesting. So uh, we introduced our Grange boot in 1957, and that's one that you'll still see in our line today. Mm-hmm. And what happened is hunters started wearing their rubber boots for hunting and found a couple things. One, it was really convenient to have a tall waterproof boot, um, especially in times like early season in the spring for turkey hunting or, you know, anytime you have to cross some creeks and streams uh, mm-hmm. on your way out to the woods was convenient. But also that rubber boots, especially for whitetail hunting, were such a great solution for scent. And so, uh, you know, wearing the more traditional like leather or canvas shoes, you would potentially leave scent behind. um, Whereas if you're wearing rubber, that's going to contain your scent inside the boot. And so you can be out there without leaving a trace behind for the animals to know that you're around. It almost invented the rubber hunting boot market in a sense, um, just by consumers deciding that they wanted to use our boots for hunting. And then we built on it from there. Well, and that was going to be my question is, were people taking your work boots and using them for hunting and all of a sudden lacrosse went, oh, we've got another market here? Exactly. And so from there, uh, we um, added some insulation to the grain style boot and introduced the Burley uh, in 1963. And in the catalog uh, that we have going back in the 60s, that's when you start to see Sporting boots included additional hip boots that were added to the line and giving some more thought to what those hunters could use out in the mm-hmm. field that might perform a little bit better or differently than the work boots that they were wearing. Now, I feel like the addition of, of neoprene and the versatility of all the different rubberized hunting boots that lacrosse makes today is relatively, a, 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 I guess, a new innovation, almost a new stage in the development of rubber boots. Am I right about that? And if so, when did that kind of kick off? Yeah, so um, certainly new in the uh, when you look at the timeline of the company overall. We introduced our first rubber over neoprene hunting boot in 2003, and we were the first company to do that in the hunting market. Mm-hmm. Um, and that boot was the Alpha Burley Sport. And so really changed the game for rubber hunting boots there, adding an extra layer of comfort 
um, making the boot easier to get on and off. The neoprene, you know, adds a layer of stretch to it, but also adds some extra insulation Mm -hmm. in the boot. And then we're also able to add insulate insulation on top of that. So you can get a variety of different options, whether you need something that's non-insulated all the way up to 1600 grams of insulation. Yeah, I actually was out fishing on a lake uh, this last winter. Uh, We were fishing for Oh, bluebacks. And we're out there fishing and it was cold. The uh, I think the high that day was about 34. And when we got out there, it was about 16. And I did not have, and I didn't even think about this, but I did not have insulated lacrosse boots with me. But my brother-in-law who owned the boat did, and he slipped those things on. And I went, that is a great idea. Why did I not think of that? And uh, I was just a little bit behind the learning curve there, but boy, I, I paid for it by the end of the day. <laughs> Yeah, no, you go out on a a frozen lake, especially out in the Midwest and Wisconsin or Minnesota in the winter and those guys out there ice fishing, you'll see a great number of our camouflage Alpha Burley boots out there on the ice. You know, a lot of folks still prefer the traditional pack boots, but um, quite a few of them are also wearing their heavily insulated Alpha Burleys. Now, I want to ask you about the relationship between Lacrosse and Danner, because these are both brands of boots Mm -hmm. that I wear, both brands of boots that we carry, and and I know they're both historic. How, Mm -hmm. How are the two companies related? So uh, Danner is another great brand with a rich uh, history. Uh, It was founded in 1932 in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. So that's actually something interesting. A lot of people don't realize both of these brands started in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Um, Charles Danner moved his company and his family out to the Northwest in 1936 to capitalize on the logging industry and then really just built the business from there. Um, In 1994, Lacrosse Footwear purchased Danner um, and a few years later relocated headquarters out here to Portland, Oregon, where we are today, um, which is also the location of our uh, Danner factory where a lot of our boots are made. Okay. Uh, A lot of our boots are made on the Danner side. Well, I I have both lacrosse and Danner boots and I've been wearing uh, one or the other ever since college uh, when I first started hunting up in Montana, and they've both served me extremely well. Uh, On the Danner side, I've always had a pair of Acadias, and actually I spent 15 years as a police officer, and that entire time I think I wore one pair of Danner Acadias, and I just kept changing the soles out when they wore out. Uh, So they've always served me extremely well. The Acadias are a wonderful boot, and they're certainly well-loved by law enforcement And that is really one of the benefits that you spoke to is that they can be recrafted. And as long as you take good care of the leather, Mm -hmm. um, you can send them in and get new outsoles, midsoles, Gore-Tex lining, um, and they send them back to you and they look beautiful. um, But you don't have to break in a new pair of boots. Um, It saves you some uh, some money as well and can really extend the life of a pair of of recraftable Danner boots. Absolutely. Now, and and when it comes to the when it comes to the. I guess I say it rubber over neoprene work boots. I've got a pair of the Lacrosse Alpha Range work boots, and and we have a farm here in Cuna, uh, just outside of Boise, Idaho. And so all my farm work is done in those, and they're just amazing. I irrigate them in, in the summer when it's warm, and then in the winter when I'm out feeding and it's muddy, I'm in them. And these just don't seem to wear out. I, I've I've had other boots in the past where I went, well, you're just going to get a new pair every year because uh, they're going to wear out. They're going to get cuts, tears, or whatever. But this particular pair, uh, it seems like they almost seem brand new as compared to when I first got them, even though I've worked in them for so long now. That's 
exactly what I like to hear. <laughs> um, and, you know, we, we built those boots with uh, something that we call ZXT rubber. And it's been around for a long time. We use it um, in some of our more classic styles, like the Grange and the Burley. And it really helps make our rubber even more durable. Um, it's ozone resistant. It's tear resistant. Um, it's got a really great tensile strength and really helps add to the durability uh, of our boots. Well, let's take another quick break. I've got a couple more questions for you about this when we come back, but then I want to get into kind of how all this gets built. Okay, sounds great. Carhartt is legendary for getting you geared up for anything. So getting geared up for the winter is easy at DMB Supply with Carhartt Full Swing. Tough and water repellent, Full Swing clothing lets you move like you mean it with Carhartt's Rugged Flex technology. It's made for maximum range of motion and maximum protection from the elements. Get ready for anything the day throws your way and get into the full swing of things at your favorite D&B Supply. D&B's got just the feed for every horse at every life stage. Purina Strategy. Whether your horses are growing, breeding, showing, or performing, Purina Strategy delivers the right density of protein, energy, and fat with less starch for more endurance and overall stamina. It's true. The standard in horse feed just got better. Our Purina Strategy horse feed now includes Outlast Supplement to support the gastric health of every horse in your barn. We'll see you soon at your favorite D&B Supply. Well, Nicole, you know, one of the things I love so much about working outside, having a farm and and just being involved in in that type of work is finding a a good piece of gear that I can rely on that lasts a long time. And and I'm old school. I like stuff that that has some reach that goes back. And so I love hearing the story of lacrosse. That's probably why I'm talking so much about it. But with that said, uh, I know that you've got a relationship with another historic group when it comes to farming and agriculture, and that is the FFA. And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about that. I'd love to have you explain how that relationship works. I'm so glad you asked because it's one that we're really proud of. And, you know, with our rich heritage and agriculture and all of the exciting things that are happening in that sector and, and especially generational farms and, and keeping those going and, and keeping kids interested in continuing in agriculture mm-hmm. um, is really important. But also something that I didn't know about FFA until we started working with them is how much they focus on just growing these kids as leaders and all the opportunities they get to work on skills like public speaking and uh, project management and things. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll help them not only if they choose to go into agriculture for a career, but just really help them grow um, as people. And so we do a few things with uh, FFA at the national level. Every year we sponsor scholarships. So we sponsor 15 scholarships. Uh, for $1,000 each. And the application for those is actually going to be opening up here this fall for the next round. And uh, the other thing we do is we support their Give the Gift of Blue program. So I'm sure you're familiar with that, uh, where we can uh, get jackets for kids who can't afford to buy them. uh, And we sponsor 100 of those every year. That's Um, that's fantastic. Yeah. And then in addition to what we do at the uh, national level, we also do quite a bit with the Oregon FFA here locally. Uh, We attend their convention. We've been there the last three years. We're a star partner there and have had a great relationship growing with them and have been able to do some more activation at the local level 
um, which has been great and something that I'm hoping that we can also expand up into Washington and into Idaho as well. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, Idaho would love to have you over here as a partner with Idaho FFA, no question. And it's great that you're already so uh, relatable or related with Oregon FFA. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. And I think um, going to the conventions, those kids are just so great. Um, and, you know, you watch the news or you, you hear what people say about youth today and you start to feel like, oh, man, we're in trouble. But then all you have to do is go hang out with some FFA kids for a while and all your faith will be restored. It's been a lot of fun. Um, they're just really, really great kids. And all the teachers and adults that support the organization um, have been so supportive and, and welcoming of us. And, yeah, it's just uh, I look forward to continuing that partnership for a long time to come. Well, I, what you're saying is 100 percent true. And, and in my efforts to broadcast and to talk about agriculture, I have found myself in a position where I'm I think I'm interviewing more FFA students than anybody else in the nation. I get to profile probably 100 to 150 FFA students every year uh, through different outlets, podcasts, radio shows and things like that. And as one of the one of the things I get to do is I get to interview all of the national star finalists for their national convention. And these are the the best of the best in, in their particular categories. And I'm right in the midst of doing that right now. And it's, it's what you say about the students is so true. They just, they blow you away and they make me think back to when I was in high school and I go, wow, I never even would consider doing anything like what these students are doing, but they're really succeeding over there in the FFA. You nailed it. That's so true. Well, let's take one more quick break. And then when we come back, I, I want to ask you how these boots get built. And I'm sure that uh, I won't be able to keep up, but I'm going to try. Okay. Know when they say good fences make good neighbors? When you've got Bayland Country gates and panels to really fence your livestock in. Also, when you let your neighbor in on the great deals you can find on Bayland Country at DNB. Made from steel and designed for stamina, Bayland Country gates and panels are tested to match up to robust ranch life. So instead of mending all those fences, round up a whole new one with Balin Country at D&B Supply. Say you were to ride off into the sunset. Ideally, what kind of boots and clothes would you be wearing? For horseback riders of all styles, nothing beats the look and performance of Ariat. Available at D&B Supply. Everyone from famous rodeo cowboys to country music legends to equestrian Olympians turn to Ariat with confidence. You can count on them too. Think of Ariat as your ultimate riding companion for the life and times in the West. When you need to better outfit your ride with Ariat, stop on by your favorite D&B supply. All right, Nicole. Well, I really enjoyed profiling everything that lacrosse is about in the history and, and what you're doing now. I, I, I kind of want to shift just a little bit and talk about how they get made because I'm, like I said, when I first started noticing the rubber over neoprene, I looked at them and I said, man, how is that going to work? But they really hold up so well. So I guess let's start off just with a basic question. Today, are all lacrosse boots rubber boots? The short answer is no. Uh, certainly rubber is where our heritage lies and, you know, that's where expertise is. But we have also innovated along the way um, and have some different pieces in our line. There's the rubber piece of it. In 2013, we introduced something we call Aeroform technology. Uh, and that's where we took the neoprene core that you see on some of our rubber boots. But instead of using rubber around it, we used an injected polyurethane, which has 
a lot of benefits that you don't get on the rubber side. One, it's super durable and resistant to cracking. So every boot, when we develop a new style, we do an immense amount of testing. One of those tests that we do on rubber footwear is a flex test, or all the boots we make. We do a flex test, and we flex it on a flexing machine and to make sure that it's going to be durable to try to simulate walking. With that boot, we put it on the flex test machine. We left it on there for six and a half million flexes. So to give you perspective, wow. generally okay. we'll test a rubber boot for 100,000 flexes. So we, we left it on for six and a half million. And when we took it off, there were zero signs of creeping, cracking. I mean, you, it looked brand new. And so uh, essentially the guys that do the quality testing were like, hey, you got to get the boot off there. We have to test some other boots. Yeah. Um, I would have loved to just left it on there and see how far we could get. But that's the equivalent of walking 4,000 miles in a single pair of boots and showing no wear and tear. The polyurethane also is a great insulator. So that's uh, the same material that they'll use in refrigerators, freezers, coolers. Mm -hmm. um, so it does a great job of adding insulation to the boot without a lot of bulk. And so uh, we introduced the Arrowhead, which is a boot we have on the hunting side. And then uh, we've also expanded that line into another one called the Arrow Insulator, which is more of a winter boot, also great for work applications. So we've got rubber, rubber over neoprene, polyurethane over neoprene. And then we've also uh, have a line of uh, leather boots, primarily in our hunting category. And that's going to range everywhere from a snake boot to our newest line of lace-up hunting boots called the Navigator Series. Interesting. Now, uh, on the ones that are leather, would you call them primarily a rubber boot or primarily a leather boot? How does it kind of integrate together? A lot of our hunting boots are built primarily as leather boots, especially uh, on the snake boot side. And that's been the case until this year when we introduced a new series called the Navigator Series, and that includes two product families. We have the Atlas and the Windrose. And for those new hunting boots, we really took our expertise in rubber and combined it with the versatility of leather to develop these new product families that really take hunting boots to the next level in terms of ruggedness and durability that you don't get with a leather alone hunting boot. Well, it's fascinating to me how the whole process works. And, and I, I wanted to jump back to the, I guess, to the rubber over neoprene. So I've got a little creek on my farm when I, I cross over it and go through it to go irrigate, move wheel lines. I'm walking through tall alfalfa, stuff like that. There's rocks, there's branches, there's sticks, and they hold up. How do you how do you develop a soft product like neoprene and, and rubber that'll be waterproof that holds up to that that those things that can cause those abrasions and those tears? Great question. So part of that's going to be with the rubber piece that um, has that ZXT rubber we talked about earlier. With the neoprene, we do use a layer on the outside of the neoprene just to give it an extra layer of durability. Mm -hmm. And then on some of our exposed neoprene boots, especially um, you'll find it in the hunting category, we also use an additional layer on the outside called brush tough, which is a bi-directional material, and that will really help with abrasion resistance, puncture resistance. And so uh, it just kind of depends on which style you're wearing. 
Um, but certainly we take into account where they're going to be worn and what are the extra um, measures that we can take to make sure that they're as durable as they can be. Okay, fantastic. All right, one final break. When we've come back, I, I want to ask you about how to pick what level of insulation to wear and then find out about what new stuff's coming into the pipeline, okay? Sounds great. The heat is on this summer in more ways than one, because now is the perfect time to update your old wood fireplace with a gas insert from D&B Supply. Get fired up for the change of seasons with Quadrifire or Heat and Glow stoves and inserts. Safe, easy to use, and money-saving, a gas insert updates the look of your home and heats it more efficiently. Check out our Quadrifire or Heat and Glow inserts and see why D&B is a real hot spot for quality fireplaces. D&B knows that life in the West is defined by hard work, innovation, and constant improvement. These values made the West what it is today, and these are the values that have made Wrangler the defining Western brand since 1947. Wrangler Apparel is designed to feel good in the saddle, look sharp at the rodeo, and work hard on the ranch. That's why Wrangler fits with classic Western heritage like a boot in a stirrup. For clothing that's a good value and steeped in Western values, stock up on Wrangler at your favorite D&B supply. All right, Nicole, now that we're back, I wanted to ask you about one thing, and that is when when somebody walks into a store and they're looking at the selection of boots that are available and they're looking at the difference in price, how do we justify a jump in price? What what are we getting in those boots that are more expensive that that justifies the extra expense? That's a really good question and and you know, when you're looking at two boots side to side, sometimes it's hard to tell. I think what I would love for people to know about lacrosse boots is that we put a lot of effort into building every pair. And so rubber is a lot about chemistry. And so we use a high percentage of natural rubber, which is really going to help keep that boot flexible and durable. We minimize additives in the ones that we do use. They all serve a purpose to help with that durability factor. And then when it comes to building the boots themselves, every piece of rubber is stamped out, and then hand laid over the last. And that way we're able to really give you, one, the most precise fit that you can get in a rubber boot, but also it allows us to add extra layers of rubber in places where you need added durability. You know, a lot of times that's in the heel. That's going to help give you some support around your ankle, but it's also going to help if you kick your boots off with one foot scraping on the heel of the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then around the front of the toe area and over the, the top of your foot, the, the part of the boot we call the vamp. Um, and that's going to help give you extra durability there. And so it really allows us to build a more quality boot versus something that might just be injected PVC on a machine um, and much more automated and and it's going to give you maybe not as great of a fit or not that added layers of durability um, that you're going to get where you can make it a little bit more customized. You know, I I know I could go on and on and on talking about each different specialized type of boot you make for each different specialized purpose, but we do not have time to do that. So I'm going to jump into insulation and I want to ask you about that. And I kind of came up with three scenarios and that is uh, one is sitting still in cold temperatures, something like ice fishing. Uh, Another one would be hunting or working in deep snow. And then the third one would be actively working or hunting in very cold conditions, but you're generating body heat. You're doing a bit of hiking, you're doing a bit of working and things like that. And I, I wanted to ask you, what levels of insulation you would recommend for those three scenarios, just to kind of give everybody an idea of where they should be looking, depending on how they're going to use the boots? Yep. 
you know, this is probably the most common question we get from folks is uh, how to select. And, um, you know, our insulated boots have values. A lot of times you'll see that as grams. So that's the level of added insulation that we have in there. Sometimes you'll see it in millimeters of neoprene, and that's going to be the thickness of neoprene because mm-hmm. neoprene is also naturally insulating. Um, sometimes you'll see that as a gram equivalent, and we use that a lot on our Aeroform technology boots to try to help consumers understand how much warmth that polyurethane is adding around your foot. Okay. Um, and a lot of it, uh, at the end of the day, the answer is it depends. It depends a lot on your uh, level of activity. It depends a lot on your own personal body. Um, everybody's feet are different. I think uh, when you're talking about sitting still and doing ice fishing or up in a tree stand, you know, a lot of folks prefer the heaviest insulation that they can get from us. If you're going that route and let's say you're going to do um, the 1600 gram Alpha Burley Sport or the Aero Insulator, a lot of times we'll recommend folks size up one size because actually more airspace around your feet is going to keep your toes warmer. Um, So if you think about if your toes are really cramped in your boot, they don't have room to wiggle. If you've got air in there, your body's going to heat that air up Mm -hmm. um, and it's going to give you some extra room. And then sizing up is also going to give you room for a cup, you know, an extra pair of socks if you want, which yes, if you're wearing insulated boots or any boot, really, we highly recommend that you choose a really good synthetic or wool sock not the standard white cotton socks. Those are going to certainly not help with warmth. Um, Whereas if you have a really great synthetic or wool sock, that's going to really help keep your feet warm and dry. Hunting or working in deep snow, I would say, you know, maybe think about something that's a little bit more middle of the road and 800 to a thousand gram. It could be a great choice. Again, you don't want to size up too much if you're going to be really active there, just because if you're doing a lot of walking, you don't want to have too much slop in your boots, but being too tight really is going to keep your feet colder. And if you're really active, I'd say, you know, you could get away with something more that's in the four to 600 range um, insulation. Again, making sure that you've got good socks. I think one of the things that people will run into is uh, let's say a whitetail hunter who has a truck to get out to his stand. And so he'll walk a mile or two through the woods. Mm-hmm. And then by the time he gets there, um, his feet have sweated quite a bit. His socks are wet. And then he sits still. Right. Um, and that's also not a good situation. And so, uh, you know, another trick of the trade um, is to bring an extra pair of socks. And if you're going to be walking for a while and then be sedentary, Uh, change your socks, take your wet ones off, put on a dry pair, and that can also really help keep you warmer um, when you're not being active. Yeah, that is actually a really good tip, and it makes a ton of sense. I don't know why I've never thought of that. (laughs) Yep, it's uh, it's one of those things that that we hear quite a lot from folks of, you know, my feet were freezing in my boot, and when you start asking them questions, because 1,600 grams should be warm enough for most folks, uh-huh. um, a lot of times it's either the boot was too tight and they didn't have that airspace in there, um, or their socks got sweaty and mm-hmm. then their feet got cold because of it. Well, I want to ask you about what's coming up. Are there are there new technologies or a new design or anything like that that you're you're able to talk about yet? 
Uh, so we're just getting ready to have our uh, sales meeting where we um, start launching all of our new products with our sales team and, and taking them out to show our accounts and getting ready for trade shows in uh, January, February, when we kind of do our big unveiling. Uh-huh. Um, I think from us, you'll see some expansion on the leather hunting side. We've got a new boot coming um, that really is going to take a more premium position for lacrosse in the lace of hunting world and um, give you something that's got a Vibram outsole, Gore-Tex lining, um, really great performance and would be a great option for um, hunting out here in the West. Uh, We'll also looking to expand some new camo options and uh, building out a new, this fall we introduced a line called the Aero Timbertop, which takes traditional duck boots from rubber and leather to polyurethane and leather. And what we're able to do there is you really get rid of that hard seam inside where that leather upper is sewn to the rubber tub on the bottom. So it's a lot more comfortable. We'll continue to grow that line out with some new options as well. Wow, that sounds exciting. There's a lot coming. And I just one last question about that. How do you how do you go about determining what it is that your end users really want? So we have a great product team and they do a lot of research. Uh, We talk to a lot of consumers, um, whether that's going out to consumer events, using our network to really work with folks to say, what are you wearing today? What do you like? What do you not like? You know, one thing we really pride ourselves on is solving problems. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when we're building boots, we like to build solutions for folks and to make sure we're bringing to market things that are going to um, help them perform better, keep their feet warmer, keep their feet drier. You know, people are always looking for boots that are lighter weight, more durable. And so being close to the consumer on the front end when we're concepting, but then also we have a whole wear testing part of our product development cycle where we have real people out wearing our boots in the field and giving feedback to make sure that before we bring it to market, We've tested it out there. We've taken their feedback. We've made adjustments so that when it's available uh, for everybody, we've really done all the work on the front end to make sure what we're putting in the market is going to be a really great product. Well, Nicole, if people want more information, they want to know more about the history, about the brand, about the products, the technology, all of that, where should people go for more information? Uh, You can visit lacrossefootwear.com. And then you can also find us on all the regular social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and we also have a YouTube channel where we've got some really great product videos uh, that you can check out and dig in for more information on features benefits. That is great. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all of this with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really a lot of fun. Thank you all for joining us today and here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the DNB Show, I'm Matt Breckwald. <laughs>